0: got them. Colossians chapter 3 today Colossians chapter 3 And I want us to do part 2 this morning of a series that we started last week called a battle for the home. And today bring a message entitled The Kingdom Marriage. Marriage apart from Jesus is impossible. Say, so Brother John, can two lost people get married and live happily ever after? Absolutely. Happens every day. But marriage is a divine institution. Marriage is created by God. And because it was created by God, God saw that there are different roles for a husband and a different role for a wife. So a true divine Christian marriage is impossible without Jesus. Marriage is difficult. Marriage is something that you have to work at. And if you desire to live a marriage the way Christ wants you to live, then you'll understand why I included this in the battle for the home message. Colossians chapter 3, verse 18, the scripture says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. Let's pray. Father, I ask today, God, that you would speak through me today. Father, we would hear your divine word, and your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, that the word of God would, uh, the words from this. The pages of this book, Lord, would illuminate our hearts. Father, as we talk about a subject this morning that is neglected when it comes to world world standards, world views. One that minimizes the importance of what marriage is all about. Father, I pray this morning we would understand that marriage is your idea. It's something that you created. It's something that you ordained. And I pray for every husband. I pray for every wife that is here. God, we'd understand clearly what our role in marriage is. For those this morning, Lord, who are not married, I pray today, Lord, just because it's a message from your word, Lord, we would not check out. Instead, Lord, we would be encouraged. Because some who hear this message may be married in the future. And they need to know before they say, I do, what the Scripture says about what a husband, and what a wife is. To those who may be widow or widowers here today, Lord, I thank you for their faithfulness, for their encouragement to be here on a message about marriage. And I pray today, Lord, as we look to them, Lord, for their example. For many have been married for many, many years. And they understand what a biblical wife and what a biblical husband is all about. I thank you for that group that's here today. More importantly, Father, I thank You, Lord, for every believer that is here. Help our marriages to be based on our Lord Jesus Christ. In Your precious name, Amen. A kingdom marriage. There was a pastor who preached a message on marriage. And after the church, after the service, he told the church, he says, I've got some of these little white crosses here. He says, I want you to come by after church and I want you to take one of these crosses and I want you to put it in the room where you argue the most. And when you put it in that room, what you're saying is, we are putting this room under the Lordship of Christ, and we don't want to desire to argue anymore in this room. So after church, he was standing there, and people were coming by and taking a cross and taking a cross and was going to take it back to their room. And one couple came by and said, Pastor, we need five of them, please. <laughs> Somebody has said there's three types of rings that you get in marriage. You get an engagement ring, then you get a wedding ring, and then you get suffering. (laughs) But this morning, I want us to see what a biblical marriage is all about. It is not something that is old school. It is something that is needed more today Than ever before. I mentioned last Sunday. I'm going to mention it today. I'm going to mention it next Sunday. And I'll mention it on the last part of our series on February 28th. Is that so our nation goes as our family goes. When our families are restored, then our nation will be restored. You don't hear that a lot from these debates, whether Republican or Democrat. I did hear a little bit of that last night and was glad to hear that. That as our families are restored, so then too will our nation be restored. This passage here in Colossians chapter three, verses eighteen and nineteen, as I read this scripture, I want you to understand the context of this scripture is in the the framework of a Christian marriage. Are there marriages that, like I said, from lost people? Yes, they may not be Christian marriage. But what Paul is addressing here in Colossians chapter 3 is in the boundaries of a Christian husband and a Christian wife. There are other texts, there are other passages that address other issues like if your spouse is not a believer, Romans and 1 Corinthians deal with that. But this passage here, and what I want to speak directly to is the Christian husband and the Christian wife. This is not how you're supposed to... How, this is a, a, a context of a business world or or school world. Or something. This is in the context of a Christian marriage. Another thing you need to know about this is that when Paul is writing this, there's two types of cultures that was predominant during this time. There was the Jewish culture. There was also the Greek culture. Listen to what William Barclay says about these two cultures. He says, under Jewish law, a woman was a thing. She was the possession of her husband, just as much as his house or his flocks or his material goods were. She had no legal right, whatever. For instance, under Jewish law, a husband could divorce his wife for any cause, while a wife had no rights, whatever the initiation of divorce, whatever in the initiation Initiation of divorce. In Greek culture or the Greek society, a respectable woman lived a life of entire seclusion. She never appeared on the streets alone, not even to go to the market. She lived in women's apartments and did not join the menfolk even for meals. This is in Greek culture. From her there was demanded a complete servitude. Her husband could could go out as much as he chose and could enter into as many relationships outside of marriage as he liked and incur no stigma. Both under Jewish and Greek laws and customs, all the privileges belong to the husband and all the duties to the wife. As Paul is writing this, he understands how his readers think. He understands that those who are the Jewish custom or the Greek custom, what they're being taught and what they're being asked to do, whether it be a husband or wife. So when Paul comes to the scene, he doesn't minimize what marriage is, but instead he gives us an opportunity to expand it even more and more. The world looks at this passage and says, wives submit to your husbands and look at it as a, a demeaning activity, but instead the context Paul is writing is, is that folks, here's how marriage ought to be. So I want to show you that this morning. The first one is this. There's only two points. This one, two main points. One of them for the wife, one of them for the husband. The first one is this. The role of the wife at home is submission. I told you there's two points. One for the wife, one for the husband. The wife's role will take about five minutes, then I'll have the remaining hour for the husband's role. (laughs) Verse 18 says, wives... Submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Titus chapter 2 verse 5 talks about the wife. She is to be discreet, chaste, homemaker, good, obedient to their husbands that the word of God may not be blasphemed. The role of a wife towards her husband, there is a biblical role. It's not something that husbands say, this is a good idea. I think you should do it. Instead, wives, this is a biblical role. There's a specific role for a man, and there's a specific role for a woman or a husband or a wife. Now let me take you back up to verse 17 of chapter 3. Because you've got to look at this in the context of, of the entire uh, text that he's writing. He says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The reason why I'm going to bring that up, because really in context, verse 17 is also included in verse 18, is that verse 17 chooses to use this passage where there is no male, no female, there's no Greek, there's no Jew, there's no free, there's no slave. Instead, the writer here, Paul, speaking to Christians, says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. God views the husband and the wife as one. There is none that is inferior. There is none that is below. There is none that that is minimized while the other one is maximized. God views the husband and the wife on the same page. However, there are two distinct roles in a husband and a wife. The role of the wife at home is the word submission. The text says here in verse 18, it's the word uh, submit. I tend to look at it, and I want to encourage you today, by the time you leave this morning, that submit is going to be your favorite word as a wife. It may not be today. And you may choose to reject what the word submit means, but if you look at it through the context, it I promise you will be your favorite word when you leave. So let's look at the meaning of submission. What does the word submit mean? Wives, submit to your own husbands as is fitting to the Lord. I believe it means two things. Number one, it means valuable. It means valuable. That when a wife submits to her own husband, there is a, a, a testimony that she is valuable. It does not mean servitude. It does not mean slavery. The fact that the woman is to submit to her husband does not suggest that the man is better than the woman. It only means that the man has the responsibility of headship or leadership. And he views his wife as one who is valuable. So it teaches the, um, the, the, the term valuable. I mentioned this verse a while ago and I'll give you the text to Galatians 3 verse 28. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or female. You're all one in Christ Jesus. So when the text refers to wives, it refers to one who is valuable. Wives, you are valuable in your marriage. But the second word that is teaching here, when the word submit, it means voluntary. Did you catch that? Voluntary. It's not that you're made to do it. You volunteer your submission to your husband. It means to subject oneself. Here's what the actual word submit means. To subject oneself It has the concept of putting oneself under, not by compulsion, but willingly. It means to voluntarily yield, assuming a particular role because it is right. Listen to this. Remember, the text says, wives, submit to your own husbands. The word submit is used 38 times in Scripture. Jesus uses this term many times in, the, in the, 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 the active form, the active voice of the Greek language. And in Philippians 3, verse 21, the Bible says, Jesus who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to His glorious body according to the working by which He is able even to subdue or submit all things to Himself. 1 Corinthians 15, 28, Now when all things are made... Subject to Him or to submit to Jesus then the Son Himself will also be subject to Him who put all things under Him that God may be all in all. That's the 38 times it's used as a, as, a, as a force as an active force that all things will be under the submission of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if you read it here in Colossians 3 verse 18 it's not in an active it's more of a passive it's more of a volunteer. In fact, those who have studied the Greek language, it's in the the middle voice, which means anytime you use that 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 verb, you always put you right before it. So, in the context, the scripture says, "Wives, you submit." It's not a command. It's not a. Force, But instead, it is, it is a, a principle. It's something that you do. You voluntarily submit to your husbands because that's what the Scripture says. So as a husband, you have a wife who is valuable in God's sight She is one who can come out of the house. She is one who can go to the marketplace. She is valuable in God's sight. Totally contrary to Jewish culture. Totally contrary to Greek culture. She is valuable in the sight of God. And then this voluntary, she willingly submits herself to her husband. The word submit, let me mention this, is not the same word for obey. Next week we're going to look at verse 20 as we talk about the home and parenting and children. Children obey your parents. I don't find this a coincidence. I find this is exactly what the Lord wanted here in the scripture that the wives are to submit totally different than the word obey. Notice the scripture does not say in verse 18 wives, you be obedient to your husbands. That's not what the scripture says. It says to submit. So that you found the meaning. Paul separated this kind of obedience expected by the wife and that from others. The wife has a very different relationship to her husband than children have to, her, to their parents. Wives are to submit. So, uh, Brother John, I'm struggling with this. How, how, as a wife, how can how can what can you say that will help me through? I understand what it means. I'm valuable and I, I want to voluntarily. T- voluntarily uh, submit to the Lord. How can I help that? Or to my husband. Look at the last part of verse 18 says. You submit to your own husbands as is fitting in the Lord. That phrase right there, it expresses an obligation, a necessary obligation Duty. It is how He designed and commanded the family to operate. So as you say, Brother John, I've never submitted to anything in my life. I'm not about to submit to my husband. Be careful when you say that. Because you can't be a Christian if you haven't submitted to the Lordship of Christ. When you gave your life to Jesus, you placed your life under His rule, under His reign, under His submission. So as you gave your life to Christ, did anybody make you come to know the Lord? No. You are valuable. You are part of God's creation. And you volunteer, whether you came down an aisle or was at Bible school or in your home or on a tractor or in a deer stand, wherever you gave your life to Christ, nobody twisted your arm and says, now you need to make sure you do this. Otherwise, no, you volunteer. Now, people may have helped you. But you voluntarily said, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life and I, I want to submit to your lordship and be a child of God. Lord, I ask you to forgive me for my sins, what it takes to become a believer. You did that. You volunteered. And the same way, wives, to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord, a Christian husband, Lord, I will submit to him because I'm valuable and I want to volunteer. This is my role in the home is to voluntarily submit to his leadership as it is fitting, the Bible says, in the Lord you got that wives valuable voluntary now for the hard part husbands love your wives and do not be bitter toward them the role of the husband number two at home the role of the husband at home is sacrifice Many of you played baseball as you were growing up. I played baseball, so we've traded a lot of baseball stories. And let, me, let me paint a picture of a baseball scene. It's in the bottom of the seventh inning. You're, you're down, your team is down by one run, and you're second to bat. In other words, you are on deck. In other words, you're, you're in there, and you're, the, the, your, your, your teammates in the batter's box, and they're, they're going through and they're swinging, and what you're thinking is, we're down by two. I could end this game. I could hit one plum here to that moon over there and absolutely end this game. Now, I know you thought that, didn't you? I know you did. I can just end this game. If my partner would get on base, I could end this game. So your partner, your teammate gets up there and he hits a base hit, he gets on base. He said, Yeah. And you say, yeah, I'm about to end this game. You get that pine tar and you put it on your batting gloves or whatever, or old school. We didn't use batting gloves. They use that stuff today. But uh, I guess because their hands are tired or they get hurt or something. But oh, old days, you didn't have any of that. But anyway, uh, so you're up there and you, and, you, and, and, and you get in the batter's box and in your mind you're thinking, now, now. Do I want to hit it over here to the left hand side fence, or do I want to hit on the. You're wanting to end this game. So you go in there and you get your stance, and like the coach always said, always look at me, your third base coach, make sure there's a sign. And you're in your back of your mind, you're thinking, no, there's not going to be a sign. I'm hitting one as far as I can. I'm ending this game. So you step back and you look at your coach, and the coach starts doing all these signs, and you're thinking, well, he's telling that guy to steal, which will make it easier for him to go home when I hit the home run. And as you're looking over there, the coach gives you the bunt sign. And you get back in the batter's box and you take a look again and you do that because you're thinking, I know he just didn't give me the bunt sign. And he goes through all the signs again. Yeah, hey, the coach gave you the bunt sign. Bunting is when, you, when the pitcher pitches the ball and you hold the bat up and you want the ball just to tap the bat for it to go out, the ball to go down the third baseline or, or first baseline so that your teammate can get closer to the base. You are sacrificing yourself. You are going to get out most of the time so that your teammate can get closer to home. So you get up there in the batter's box and you bunt the ball and your teammate gets closer. Men, when you got married and you stood on there and you stood as that, as that beautiful woman was coming down, you were thinking, I have hit a home run. Wow. And that's a good thought. And as she's coming down the aisle and as the minister is there and he's going through the, the, the different vows and things, he reads this scripture and he looks at you and says, now husband loves your wife. You know what he just did? He gave you the bunt signal. You may have all these dreams and all of these aspirations about, hey, our marriage is going to be the best everything all. But the scripture says, as Jesus is saying, you need to sacrifice. And the reason why you sacrifice is because your teammate, your wife, we want her to go, we want her to excel. We want her to do some things that otherwise she would not be able to do. So you're in this marriage relationship and and you sacrifice. You willingly sacrifice. That's what a husband is. I'm sorry, but my points this morning are not be a macho man and and, and head of the household and, and head hog. I don't have any of those this morning because they're not in Scripture. But what is in Scripture is this. Let me share the meaning of sacrifice. The Scripture says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be bitter towards them. The meaning of sacrifice is this. Unconditional love. Notice what Paul says in verse 19. Husbands, love. Agape. Agape, which is a heaven-sent love. It is a love that can only be experienced as a a personal uh, child of God. To have that personal relationship with Christ. For God so loved the world. God demonstrated His love toward us. God first loved us husbands with that heavenly love. Love your wives. God loves you in spite of what you do. In the same way, you love your wife in spite of what she says or what she does. Your love never changes when it comes to your wife. I don't advise anybody to do this. But you can go out of here and leave this sanctuary and go live like a heathen and Jesus Christ will still love you. Now there will be discipline. I don't advise you to do that. In the same way, husbands, you love your wife no matter what. It is an unconditional love. It is a willing love. Not out of passion, not out of emotion, not out of I mean not out of what you can get out of the marriage, but it is a choice. It is a covenant kind of love. And the scripture here says it's in the present tense which husbands keep on loving your wife. Love your wife when she came down the aisle and she was the most beautiful of all. Love your wife when she wakes up. Love your wife when she turns 60. Love your Your wife, no matter what. You don't love your wife because of what she can do. You love your wife because the Scripture says, Husbands, love your wife. It is a sacrifice. Are wives sometimes unlovable? Absolutely, just like husbands are. But the Scripture says, Love your wife. It is an unconditional love. But number two, it is an unchanging love. It doesn't change with the seasons. It doesn't change It's here and there. Brother John, I, I just, I, I, you know, friends, you come to me and say, Brother John, I just don't love my wife anymore. The Scripture says, love your wife. It never changes. Husbands, love your wives. God designed that a wife's submission operate within a context of love. And that way she is protected because a man who truly loves his wife would never force her to submit to something humiliating or degrading or that violates her conscience. The godly husband loves his wife like Christ loves the church. So here it is. If you don't hear anything else, hear this one. Brother John, my wife does not submit to me like the scripture says, then love your wife as Christ loves the church. Then she'll probably submit. You've got to give her something to submit to. Husbands love your wives and do not be bitter toward them. So we've seen the meaning of sacrifice. It's unconditional love. It's unchanging love. But let's talk about the manner of sacrifice. It says here, and it's very strange, do not be bitter toward them. The word bitter there means stop being bitter. Or do not have the habit of being bitter. If you don't think the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of God knows exactly who men are, then I don't know what you're thinking. God created men. God knows exactly how men think, how men tick, how we keep everything inside of us. And we get bitter, and we don't pour all out. We just let it all fuse up inside of us. That's why He says, Husbands, love your wives, and take her out to dinner. No! Husbands, love your wives, and do not be bitter toward them. A couple of things about this, about being bitter. Number one, don't be irritable. Don't be irritable. This phrase bitter it's used four other times in scripture and it always refers to something that is bitter in taste. Go back to read Revelation Revelation 8:11, 10 verses 9 and 10 verses 10. It refers to something bitter in taste. Paul tells listen to this. Paul tells husbands not to call their wives honey and then act like vinegar. They must not display harshness or uh, of temper or resentment toward their wives. You are not to flex your manly muscles and force your way through things. If you have to say, I'm the man of the house, it's a good sign that you're probably not. If you have to say, now honey, remember what the preacher said, you're supposed to submit. It's a good sign that you're probably not sacrificing. of the time, when a husband sacrifices in marriage, the wife will submit. That's why I believe verse 18 is not a difficult word, and it's not something, it's a word that the world misinterprets. But for you ladies that are in this type of relationship, it is your best friend. I told you this word was going to be your best friend because you will volunteer to submit to something that sacrifices for you and loves you unchangingly, loves you unconditionally. Don't be irritable, but number two, don't irritate husbands. Be careful not to harbor ill toward your wife because of something they did or something they did not do. Don't develop a root of bitterness because it can destroy a marriage and give Satan a foothold. But then the last thing about this sacrifice Here's the role. The role of a wife is to submit. The role of a husband is to sacrifice. And how do you do that? You lovingly lead. The Bible says, the parallel text in Ephesians, husbands love your wives just as Christ loves the church and gave Himself for the church. Husbands are to lovingly lead their Marriage. A happy marriage does not come automatically. It's something that must be worked at at all the times. As we with Christ in submission to Him, we have no problem submitting to one another and seeking to serve one another. There can be no selfishness, no bitterness when it comes to marriage. Instead, there is two distinct roles. There is a role for the wife, which is to submit. There's a role for the husband, which is to sacrifice. So here's what I want you to do. I've never given you homework since I've been here. And I know what you're thinking, Brother John, don't start now. No. What I want you to do, husband and wife, is by Sunday, by next Sunday, and I'm not going to check it, but the Lord will, <laughs> is to, in conversation, write down five expectations that you have of your spouse. So husbands, you're going to sit down and you're going to say, I expect my spouse to do this and this and this and this. Can I give you the first one, husbands? Because I know you're already sweating. Husband, why? I want you to love me no matter what. And then wives, I want you to do the same thing. Now, before you get to lunch, husbands, today, your wife will have completed her list. <laughs> I'm giving you till Sunday. Because <laughs> you, know, you know the answer. Uh, honey, I just need to go home and pray about it. I need to think about it. But I want you to sit down. And a husband, I do this every time I, I, before I marry a couple. We go through premarital counseling. They have to do 20 of them. 20 expectations, because I don't want you to ever turn to your spouse and say, well, honey, I didn't know. I didn't know you expected that. And it may be something small, maybe something big. There's some good things you can put from what we covered this morning. And when it comes to marriage, you've probably heard this somewhere before. It is impossible to have a Christian marriage apart from Jesus. You cannot fulfill your role of a husband until you first fulfill your role as a child of God. You cannot fulfill your role as a wife until you first fulfill your role as a child of God. You cannot submit to one another until you first submit to Christ. It's impossible to continue on in marriage apart from Jesus. Every head bowed, every eye closed this morning. As we have a time of response, you may be here this morning and you say, Brother John, I'm married today and I'm not a Christian. I'm not a believer. But you're here today and the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart and He's convicted you and He's challenged you that to fulfill the role in your marriage, the way the Bible says, you must first come under the Lordship and the authority and the submission of Jesus Christ. So I challenge you this morning, if you don't know the Lord, whether you're a husband or whether you're not married, single, whatever your status may be, if you're not a Christian this morning, would you come? Would you say, Brother John, I don't know if Jesus is my Savior. I want to make Him my Lord. And especially if you're married, I need Him in my marriage. So if you're here today and you don't know the Lord, I encourage you, in just a second we have an invitation, if you would, to come. Take that step of faith. Not only for the sake of you, not only for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, but for the sake of your marriage, would you allow Jesus Christ to restore your marriage? You may both be believers today in your marriage. You may want to just come and pray. You may want to pray where you're at. Whatever the Lord may, may lead you to you may be a guest. And this is where God's called you to, to come and to be a part of our church and to join. You can come when God leads you. Father, we love you today. I pray for this invitation, Lord. I pray that we would take the truths of what Your Scripture has said, that the role of a, of a wife at home is to submit. And the role of a husband at home is to sacrifice. And I believe when the husband loves unconditionally and lovingly leads his home, then you'll have a wife who is valuable and who will voluntarily Submit. Thank You for teaching us this morning, God. And I pray through this time of response, to this invitation, that Your Holy Spirit would heal marriages, would heal souls by those who need to come to know Christ, and that we respond to You today in Jesus' name. You stand together.